Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, guys. Welcome back to Training for Manhood. Dan Panetti with a good friend, Corey Butler. Corey, how long have we known each other? Oh, my gosh, man. I think it goes back to 2007. Seriously? Yeah. Okay. When when you were like in first grade and I was like in fifth That's grade. That's it. That's it. We were we were mere lads. <laughs> just just babes. We babes. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Um, you and Meredith have been doing ministry for a long yeah, time. Man. And uh, just, you know what? Here's the deal. Um, thank you. Um, so just from me to you, thank you for the work that you've done, the lives that you've invested in, um, the commitment that you've made uh, to train up another generation of just young, godly men and women, right? Because you've man. done a lot of youth ministry, yeah. so you get to stand in front of a lot of you know young yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the you know the biggest thing is uh, one, you got to model it, right? Because yes, if, yes, if you're if you're not living it, they see hypocrisy immediately. Yeah. Uh, so I appreciate you guys just in your your walk of faith. Um, you, but you know now you're you're a dad and you're you yes. know you and Meredith are raising kids, yeah. and, and uh, I, I really wanted um, to kind of have a conversation with you about. Uh, some of the things that you've just kind of learned and gleaned, um, mm-hmm. just as a as a man of God, mm-hmm. as a husband, as a father, mm-hmm. what are the what are the essential things that we're kind of trying to pass on to that next generation? And yeah. so you sent me ten things, and I just <laughs> I love it. I love yeah, you know. Sorry, that was a lot. No, it could have been a hundred, right? Like, <laughs> yes, what what have I learned? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me summarize in a. Yeah, I feel I feel like that most of that list is stuff that that I'm in the middle of Amen. as well, which is interesting. Yeah, totally. You know, like having raising two boys and a daughter, and then wanting to lead and love my wife as I'm enjoying Jesus. Like mm-hmm. I, it, it's, it's very often the things that I've seen in my own fragility and yep. my own depravity is, is get, gets lived and played out. And, and the little humans in my house that, yeah. that are starting to take on my image uh, and do the things that I do, whether I want them to or not. Yep. So, you know what, a great book on that. Um, Paul David Tripp had a book called Parenting yes. and it's, it's a, a very interesting take yeah. um, that God actually is a parent hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that we, as parents, step into a role that God actually plays. Now, he does it perfectly, mm-hmm. but it's one of the reminders mm-hmm. that um, when I get frustrated with my kids, um, imagine if God treated me the same way that I did my kids. Yeah, and, and one of the things that I, I really, really struggled with was um, I hated repeating myself with my kids. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I'd say to my boys, mm-hmm. you know, hey, listen, mm-hmm. I've already told you this once. Yeah. I, I shouldn't have to repeat myself. Right. And when I read that book, that line that I've said mm-hmm. a million times came mm-hmm. back and it was like, has God ever said that to you? <laughs> right? I mean, because here's the deal. Dan Panetti's wisdom passed on to his boys. Sure. Okay. Well, I'm in a position of authority. I've lived life. Right? I mean, I'm passing on some good stuff. Yeah. When God speaks to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> how much how much more should I be listening? Absolutely. And so I'm thinking to myself going, has God ever had to repeat himself to me? And yeah. the answer is, yeah, over yeah. and over yeah. and over. And in such a gracious and gentle way, he does yeah. it. And so, I'll, yeah, you're right. A lot of these things, as we talk about them, that this is what we want to pass on. Yeah. It's also things that we yeah. still continually have to learn. So these mm-hmm. are good, just life lessons. Yeah, man. There's a, there's a, there's a lot. This is a big, <clears throat> this is a big work in progress, honestly, with, with the kids. And I feel like every year they hit a new um, age. Yeah. I feel like I'm the dad of a new 
Like, so they're just about to have so teenagers. True. Like, okay, so I've had this 12 year old, this sweet preteen boy, and now he's about to be a teenager. Oh. And it's like, now I'm the dad of a teenager, yeah. you know, and, and then my daughter, and then all three of them, they're all just so different. And so a lot of this, Meredith and I are kind of, there's days where I feel equipped and there's days where I just feel like the complete rookie in but, the room. But the, but the cool thing about like being the rookie in the room, cause you're, you've never been at this stage before yeah. is right. Even when you're the expert or when you're the rookie, yeah. Right. The, the concept is, is God's wisdom is what supplies That's right. the, the information that you need. That's right. And so when you, when, you know, when Corey doesn't have it, it's like, God's got you like, Hey, I yeah, got man. Corey. Hey, I got you. Right. And you're like, yeah. okay. But he, even when you feel like, okay, I've been here, I've done that. You know, I'm on my third kid. Sure. Right. And, so, and, and, the, and the concept is sometimes we rely too much on yeah. our own experience. Yeah. And, and the cool thing is, is each one of your kids is vastly different oh, than yeah. the other one. Oh yeah. And so, like Campbell for my fourth one, we used, to, we used to kind of joke. It's like, listen, here's the deal: I've parented the other three. Have you not been paying attention? <laughs> like, why? Why do I even need to talk to you about these things? Aren't you watching, right? But yeah. the concept is: is Campbell's significantly different Absolutely. than his siblings? Yeah, right. He's got he's got two brothers. He's very different than his brothers. He's got a sister, right? I mean, yeah. he's very different. He's a very unique person. So yeah. it's like you have to. It's almost like you have to parent each kid individually and separately from all the other parenting that you've done. And so you, it's like you're a rookie every time. And, and yet the same. And yet the same. There we go. Right? The yeah. principles are the Surely. same, but every kid Surely, is different. Yeah. So um, you gave me 10. So here's, yeah. what we, here's what I want to do. And I, I talked to you before and you said yeah. this would be okay. I really want to break it into two episodes. Cool. Right? So we kind of do five and five so we don't have to rush through these. Great. Um, so you know, kind of part one, part two, which would be great. But let's let's dive in. Let's, sure. let's look yeah. at kind of the things you sent. And, uh, and I'll let you kind of frame it and then I'll kind of jump in yeah. there and kind of we'll we'll talk about what does it specifically look like and then how is yeah. a young man how do we actually get to those things so what was what was the number one thing you threw out yeah, in terms I, of a life lesson you know the the first thing that i talked to uh really to my oldest liam about right now uh liam <clears throat> like a lot of kids right now generationally they're they're being discipled culturally mm-hmm. to uh be very broad in their experience yep. <clears throat> and that they should uh, be doing as many things as possible. Sure. Uh, and I think there's aspects of that that can be healthy. Uh, so good case in point, he um, is playing violin in orchestra at school. Mm-hmm. So it's something that's pretty much relegated to those school hours and he has to practice on right. at home. So he's not in an orchestra per se. Uh, but he is also, um, he loves sport. So he plays club soccer. So he would say proper football because he believes it's proper I football. I love that. That's, That's right. He calls American football, American football. Yeah. Chase um, Hilbert has had some influence yes, on Yes, him. he has. Yes, he has. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Chase. And living in England for three years through a lot of it as well. Oh, that's true. Yes, yes. Um, but, you know, he does that. Uh, he's got obviously student ministry things here. Yep. Um, but he's just, he's he, he's a, also a very intelligent boy. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, um, he's just broad in, the, in his scope and his ability and very deep as well. Um, but also the thing that he's finding is a pull culturally to, is to do more. So the number one thing really is it was, it was embracing limitations. Uh. Uh, the thing that I said was embracing limitations, learning to rest and to cease from striving. Um, I think that, that where we are culturally, what's starting to happen now uh, is there's nothing wrong with the exploration of, mm-hmm. of gift and strength sure. and interest. Sure. Uh, I, I love those things. Um, even even in sport now, they're saying that like having intersport ability, uh, it's like to play, to want to focus on basketball, to, to have played in other sport will actually increase your ability to play basketball. Right. The problem with these things though, is that they're, they're all, they're trying to do all of these things at once. Yeah. If you go back to the creation narrative, um, we were never created uh, without limit. 
right? So even in the very beginning, right, before things broke, Adam and Eve were not created as omnipresent. Yeah. Right. And, and it's funny. It's like when you say that, people might take that as a negative. It's right. not. No, it's actually. It's actually. It, it's, not, it's, it's actually not, not at all. It, right. It's not because you have an unlimited God. Right. And we were created in His in His image, right. but we are not God. Right. And, and that's one of the amazing things about that right. limitation is to remind us. Um, there is a God, there is something bigger than you. There's a greater purpose yes. yeah. than, than even what you can come up with. And I think that's a, that's an important reminder. I love that you went back to creation because when, when I saw that embracing limitations, learning to rest, my mind immediately goes to the importance of the Sabbath Yeah, and, and just the importance, yeah. not just of a day, it's really good. but really the idea of just rest. Right. So right? There's, there's multiple places we approach that in scripture for our, for our kids and, and even us as a family. Um, you know, so for me personally, uh, Friday, Friday, Lunch Friday. That sounded like my dad. Friday, uh, Friday, Friday at lunch. I love you, Dad. Uh, Friday at lunch to Saturday at lunch. That's my twenty-four hour Sabbath. I will do no work. Gotcha. Uh, my phone is usually um, either off or the the app yeah. applications because that I work you work on. at a church, and so the Sunday right. normal Sabbath right. is actually a work day. For right. You. So yep. that, that that's a yep. typical day. So um, I'll see from, cease from the striving those work things. So I, I encourage this with my kids in different ways and. Um, you know, w- with my son, there are certain things that we will do to to rest in mm-hmm. certain places, even as far as technology goes. Yep. Uh, for them, for us as a family, like Sundays is a no tech day in our house, um, and so it's just resting from even those kind of things. Yeah. A no I, tech day, I love that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Good. So anything that you can read from uh, from Andy Crouch and TechWise Family Amen. and his stuff is good. phenomenal. Good. Phenomenal yep. reads. His yep. TechWise Family is great. TechWise Life is great. He's even got one that one of his kids wrote okay. about that as well. That's really great. I would wow. encourage you guys to check he out. He must be getting older. He probably is. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we even talked about it in students last night, but even conceptually, I know lots of circles of the evangelical Christianity would talk about it as, as a quiet time, but there's aspects of, of retreating even daily. Amen. That's like a, a type of daily Sabbath and time alone. You know, it was mentioned six different times in the gospels where Jesus retreated for that's different right. reasons. Uh, as was his rhythm is how it's mentioned in one place, right? So even in Mark, multiple times in Mark, he would retreat to a desolate place. Yep. He would even tell the disciples after they had gone and done the things that he'd sent them to do, to to exist in their calling, uh, to go and make disciples that's given to every believer, he tells them to come away for a while and yeah. rest. Yeah. And so that's that's Mark 6, I think in 30 and 31. And then even in Mark 1, 35 to 39, if you read through Mark chapter 1 and see all the things that Jesus did early in his ministry, and it said that even at the end of that day, people were lined up at his house. Yeah. But he retreated to a desolate place. He went to alone and still with the Father. The, the, the God-man mm. embraced limitation. Yeah. Right, because he, as a person, could only be in so many places at so many times. Amen. Uh, one place at one time. That's and right. So even the, phys- he, the physical limitation, even he had that it into he, that. So right, the restricted way that, himself to. Yeah, the way that plays out as a family as well. So like for us with our with our children. Um, you know, we like so like for Liam as the oldest is the only one that's really into sport right now. Is we do one one team at a time. Yep, that's the rule. We don't do two teams at a time uh, because we also understand that with our commitment to one child in his sport, that's our family's commitment to it. Wow! And so yeah. that with, with two younger ones, as a as a as an eight and a six year old, as the other two, they're, they're his. So our oldest things are our things. Yep. So we can't. I don't want to spread our family out. I used the the reference from Lord of the Rings last night. Bilbo Baggins says, "I feel I feel like um, I feel like butter on too much bread." Mm. 
uh, or, and he's trying he's spread so thin yeah. you know that you just you get spread really thin layer um and so i think as a family we've cut we've cut that off you know he was fighting the desire this year in middle school to to play again american football as he says it uh american football because that's where his friends were mm. and i said he, i said do you want to play football yes no i don't want to play football but i just don't want to be in pe i want to go and be where they are mm. and so i said okay well it's soccer or football which one is it and he had to decide. Yeah. And so you can't he, do everything. He yep. was actually encouraged to make the willful choice to um, to embrace a limitation. Yeah. Right. So that we we've set those boundaries in our home. Uh, and I'm going to be honest. There's hard. It's hard. There's days where it's hard. Yes. You know this la- this last Sunday. Um, there, there was the missing of things because we've set a boundary of limitations of like, because I work at a church, one of the things that it costs him is playing select soccer yep. is that we don't play soccer between certain hours on Sundays. That's right. And it's a cost that he understands and he has embraced it Yeah, because we've started that way. Right. So it's harder to double back. So, so I, I like all, all 10 that you're going to mention, um, sound like there's a benefit to it. But there's always a cost to it, always and, and I think that's the thing that that always you know, a as a, as a man, as you, as we're growing and as we're developing, um, you know, Christ actually tells us to count the cost before we follow mm-hmm. Him. And I think if you want to move from boyhood to manhood, if mm-hmm. you want to accept this responsibility, mm-hmm. I think you have to understand it. It's going yeah. to come at a cost. Yes, right. And so don't don't just think that oh, that's the right thing to do. That's the good thing to yeah. do. Yeah. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it. Yes, right. It's like if you want to get in shape, you have to go to the gym, and, and it's going to cost you physically. It's going to yeah. cost you time. It's going to cost you the heartache yeah. of, of doing it. So everything has a cost. And I'm glad when, you know, embracing limitation, you're like, oh, that sounds great. I'll do that. It's like, okay, it's going to cost you. Well, it, that that's actually, if I could, I'll, I'll skip over two and go back to it. But number three on the list is, is saying yes, yes. Uh, to something. Uh, saying yes to anything means saying no to something. Yes. Right. And so, so with that, it's very connected to the limitations piece. Yep. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of constantly like, this is, this is the one that as a, as a recovering people pleaser, mm-hmm. uh, and as a youth pastor, as an Enneagram too, as all the things that like, you know, years in ministry, or even just as a follower of Jesus that I want to serve people sure. and be available. Sure. Um, every time I offer my yes, uh, to anything, like I'm offering a no to someone or something, yes. you know, or sometimes. So, um, and sometimes your yes to somebody is a no to somebody far more valuable and important. Yeah. That, and that's, that's a, you know, some, one of the things that we forget. My, my wife is very good at, about helping me stay accountable to this, mm-hmm. right? That my yes to help out here is a no to help out her yeah. and our family. And yeah. so just understand, I mean, you and I can't be in two places at, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, my, uh, that it's, it's funny that you would say that because it's very often it's the same way in our house. Yeah. My, my, my wife is, is the one who keeps our family calendar. Mm-hmm. So we have a shared Google calendar and she's like, Hey, you've got to check the Google calendar before you commit to those yeah. things before you say yes. And so for me personally, um, when I get asked to speak at something or to, to join you in this, like it's making sure that these things exactly. line up. That's right. Um, because we have a family. Yes. That we've given to certain things yep. because we've given yes to certain things here. Not just for me as a staff member, but me as a follower of Jesus, like I need, um, community. I need biblical community where we're practicing the one another's of scripture together, right? So I have these with these these families at our church and our home group. So I've given them a very high priority of yes, yes. right? So there's right. also like the the yeses are not just individualized calendar things. They're things that we as a family want to move towards that we've offered our yes to that will provide a no, yeah. right? So we don't schedule stuff on Sunday nights because that's when our home group meets. And so we have given our yes to that time frame so that it's an easier no. 
and, I, and I've tried to like help my, I'm trying to help my kids understand this right now as well. Like, Hey, I have these standing yeses in my life that I've given to certain people mm-hmm. and to certain prioritizations that actually enable me to give a healthy no. Yeah. Right. And so, cause that, that's the other side of it too, is, you know, I, I want my kids to live on mission. And so like, I, I, I want to be careful because like too many yeses like cripples you, but like too many no's you can't live on mission. And so I want to keep their space in my schedule as well, where I intentionally keep it open so I can offer a yes. Right. Well, I'll have blocks in my schedule where like it's blocked off for me personally. You ask me practical stuff. I will literally on my Google calendar, like block a section so that nothing gets scheduled yeah, in there so, do I. so that I have space to give people a yes. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I have to block off even like, like a travel time and things yeah. like that because yeah. people will look at a calendar and they say, Oh, you've got a meeting from nine to 10. I can get you from eight to nine. Well, sometimes the eight to nine needs to be either the preparation or the travel or the something in there. And mm-hmm. so I've, I've had to learn that I have to block off enough time for me to do the things <laughs> right. right to prepare for the things that I have. Um, one of my earlier jobs I would schedule a reading time. Mm. And uh, it was an interesting thing because, um, you know, my boss came back to me and just said, hey, you know, reading's on your own time. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, so here's the deal. Um, if you want me to be prepared for the work that you're paying me to do, I need to be reading. Mm-hmm. I need to be mm-hmm. culturally literate. I need mm-hmm. to be biblically literate. And I said, yeah, and here's good. the deal. If, if you want me that's to good. just do this on my own time, it's going to get squeezed out by family time and all the other things. Sure. And I won't be able to read as much as I should be able to. And so I said, it's in your best interest to make sure that I'm intelligent, right? Mm-hmm. That I'm well-versed and that I'm well-studied. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, put a couple hours a day in there. And That's I was right. like, great. So we did. I used to schedule a reading time. People used to ask, you know, how do, how do you read? I, I read about 52 books a year, one a week. Wow. That's the plan. And people are like, how do you that's do That's impressive. Well, it's just, it's 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 one of the things that's solid, dude. Yeah. I mean, my parents owned a Christian bookstore when I was a kid. So reading for oh, a, nice. a little guy who's ADD that's good. helps train my mind. You bet. And helps me focus. Um, but, you know, it's like, it, yeah, if you just look at, you know, where's your free time to be mm-hmm. able to read as you go mm-hmm. through the day, it's like, schedule it. You know, uh, one of the things that I've, I've encouraged my kids with, and it's, it's as I'm working through it as well is, is I've actually found, um, a little, this sounds very strange, but I'll still say it. Um, I've actually found quite a bit of joy in my nose. Mm. Um, and giving, giving nose, because I think several things happen going back to the first one of embracing limitations. Like I, I, I've had to learn that there are other people that are going to be better to solve someone else's problem Amen. than me. That's right. And the humility aspect, which we're going to get to. I love <laughs> that. Right. We're going to get there. Yep. Um, so like I, there, I'm actually finding some joys in those no's because it actually makes my yeses more meaningful. Yeah. Um, like and, this is something that God has positioned for Corey and I right. can say yes to it. Right. If it's not, there's somebody else that should be saying yes. But if totally. I say yes, I'm, I'm getting in the way. Right. And so, I, and I great... you know, as a person who wants to be like, I, I, I enjoy spontaneity. Yeah. Uh, and I think if I've given too many yeses, it cripples my ability to be like spontaneous, yeah. um, which with that, that, that jumps it back to number two, which was listening to the Holy Spirit and obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit. So like in scriptures, like if you were to read in the Old Testament, like when you go to the Shema in Deuteronomy six, mm-hmm. like it says, hero Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. And so like, that's just so beautiful. And we just yep. keep reading it. Yep. So like in the Hebrew language, hear and obey to hear meant to obey. Yeah, you wouldn't hear for any other reason. Right. You, what are you going to hear and disobey? Yeah, what, what are we going <laughs> to Well, and, but, but here's the deal. This is where we connect this with my kids. Like when I am, like where I do battle off dad pride, you know, it's like like you were saying earlier, yeah, right. did you not hear me? Yes. The, the thought as a dad is when I speak, that my children hear my voice and yep. know that I wasn't just talking to the air, right. the wall. Right. Um, like <laughs> I'll even have to 
say my children's names, you know, my daughter, my, my eight-year-old daughter, who's so different than the dudes mm-hmm. in every possible way. Um, when I speak to her, because she lives in this very beautiful place of curiosity yeah. and creativity. Yeah. Um, she, when I say head in the clouds, I don't mean it that she's like a space cadet. She just is in, she's in different places yes. thinking about different things. And so when I speak to her, I have to, you know, Norley, do you hear my voice? Right. So there, there's with that as a dad that much like you said, that the spirit of God, when he's speaking things to me, like I, I want to do a couple of things with it. Right. So when, when I, what I'm training Liam in right now, and I tell my students here at the church at citizens church is like when, when we're, when we're discerning whether or not it's the Holy spirit or, um, too much pizza last night, mm-hmm. um, that we're, we're discerning these things of God. I'm going to tell them it's going to always sound like the scriptures and it's going to look like Jesus. Yeah. Right. And so like I'm telling my kids now, like, so if you're hearing it and you're thinking, is this God leading me to do something? First of all, God's going to be clear. He's not a God of chaos or confusion. He's, right. a, he's a God of order and right. specificity um, and, and long trust to be obedient and we don't understand. And so I think a lot of the conversations even it, – it, dude, it literally happened to me last night. Literally, I go to I go to Waterburger. I always go to Waterburger on the way home. No judgment. Uh, None water. for me. Good. I, Praise God. Amen. Praise God. So it's my it's my Wednesday night routine. No joke that the the it's the same lady in the drive through window every oh, week. That's funny. Um, hey Corey. But, yeah, but she really does. She <laughs> she's she sees me every Wednesday night at about nine fifty between nine fifty and ten every Wednesday. Uh, but last night I got there and the line was long. I was like, you know, I'm going to go in and go slow. Okay. And I went in and went slow and I was sitting in there and there was a guy sitting in the corner. Mm. He was sitting alone and he was sitting actually with a cup from another restaurant. And no joke, like I sat down and where I sat, the Holy Spirit literally said, go sit facing him. Mm. I was like, why? And the first thing God told me was because he's a person too. Yeah. And so I didn't want to be weird to the poor young man, you know, but I did. I went over, sat down and just started talking to him and we got to hang out for about 30 minutes. And all that was because... I was listening, yeah. right? So the, the listening to the Holy Spirit and obeying him um, means prioritizing time to listen, mm. right? And so like with our family, and this goes back to the limitations bit again, right? If there's not space in your day to just listen, whether it's through a book, whether it's through the scriptures, or even sitting down to listen with, listen to somebody that you value their wisdom yeah. and you talk less and they talk more. Yeah. And... and or even it's one of the things that I'm that I've learned about going through becoming an elder here at the church um, is to be able to sit in the elder room with the primary goal of listening and learning and watching uh, and growing by being near um, godly men that are far wiser than I. And and to, and then if I do speak, it's usually just to ask a question yeah. and to listen. So can I tell you, it's it's hard to listen well. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think we've really trained people how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are, are listening to see how they'll respond. Yeah. Uh, they're listening to see what they agree or mm-hmm. disagree with, mm-hmm. right? There's there's kind of a, you know, but the, the ability to just listen, um, mm-hmm. absorb, um, mm-hmm. bring in. And I think that's that's one of the reasons why I think it's hard for this generation mm-hmm. of young people to really listen to the Word of God, mm-hmm. right? The, you know, when you open up the Word of God, that's God speaking to you. Yeah. And, and you have to listen, yeah. right? Now, I think of, you know, Elijah when he's out. You know, and God speaks to him, and Elijah's like, you know, it, it didn't come in the, you know, the, the earthquake. It didn't come in the fire. It didn't come in the storm, right? It was a, a low whisper. Mm. And I, I think about that mm. idea of how God speaks to us. He really wants us to 
actively pay attention, right? Yeah. It's a, it says in a sense, you know, like tune your ear mm. to the things of the Lord. That's good. Like, like you know, God, God's constantly speaking. Usually the thing is, are we actually listening? Yeah. And so we have to listen. We have to lean into that. Um, and I think that's such an important just habit to develop. And I think as a young person, you're right, sit down, find an older person who's wise yeah. uh, and just have a notebook and a pen and just say, Hey, let me ask you some questions yeah, and then just truth. listen. Yeah. Right. That That's one of the great things. Um, you know, unfortunately the whole idea of mentorship, discipleship of just one-on-one, um, seems to be kind of a, a lost art, but that's right. As you get older, that's one of the things that you want to do is, is you want to take the life lessons that you've had. You want to take the word of God and you want to pour it into other people. So if you're a young person, this should be a, a no brainer, right? You should have, you know, constant conversations with older people of just where you, you're agree. just, just listening. Just, yeah. you know, te- teach yeah. me about your life lessons. You know, show me how you, what did you do when this thing came up in, you know, in life? You know, how did, how did you find your wife? What were you looking mm. for? Those are all great conversations to have with an older, more mature, mm. wiser individual. You know, the last year of my life, my, my parents just moved to Alaska to teach at a school in a village called Perryville. Okay. And one of the things that I noticed about my dad, um, the older that he has become, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a, as an older gentleman that loves God, who's filled with wisdom is the older he's become, he actually talks less. Mm. Um, and he does more listening. And so I think, uh, even with that to engage, um, with listeners and to ask them their thoughts, because there's a, there's a, there's a depth of practice there of doing the things that you've, that you've mentioned here. I think where this is hard, you mentioned why it's hard generationally. I truly believe that like like distraction is perhaps like the greatest threat to our spiritual life ever totally like right agree. now um i think that the one of the, the biggest struggle that's connected to that within the church i think the greatest battle in the church is prayerlessness mm. and so is the 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 church's thought that we can do the things of god without talking to the lord and listening and asking him or or needing him uh, and so I think distraction it reminds me of Saul. Sure. Wait, right. When Saul is supposed to, you know, not make a sacrifice, wait for Samuel. Right. And what does he do? He's like, listen, here's the deal. I ain't got time for this. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you know, I got, I got plans. I got things to do. People mm-hmm. to see places to go. And here's the thing. I'm the king. But, but the reason he lost the kingdom is because he wasn't the priest. Right. right? You got, you got to know your role. You got to right. know your place. And, yes. and waiting for God is not a bad place to be. No. Because you're not God. And so I, right. I love how, you know, kind of all these tie together. The mm-hmm. embracing limitations is a reminder, sure. listen, you're not God. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather be on God's schedule than your schedule. And if I look at right. scripture, the, the way that Jesus moved, I mean, we'll just have to say it, was slow. Absolutely. <laughs> like his disciples are so frustrated. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- hey, here's the deal. We know you're the Messiah yeah. and, and, and we know what you're supposed to be about. So right. let's get busy and do it. In fact, right, right when John the Baptist sends his disciples, because mm-hmm. he knows who Jesus is, but he wants Jesus to tell his disciples, yeah. you know, hey, I'm the Messiah. When he sends them, right, it's kind of like, hey, are you the guy? Yeah. Or should it, we be is waiting this the time? Is, is this, this the, the time? time? Yeah. And he's just like, hey, go back and tell them, right, what have you seen? And, and the, the thing mm. is, it's like when you're, when you're good, waiting yeah. for the Messiah, what is he supposed to do? Is he supposed to usher in the new kingdom and, and defeat, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. you know, the evil empire of Rome? And it's like, uh, yeah, no. So <laughs> here's the deal. But, but if you watched it from a slow perspective, what happened to Rome? Mm-hmm. Rome has been defeated, right? The great Roman Empire that, you know, lasted for civilization, you know, yeah. on and on is, yeah. is gone, right? The, the life of Christ carries on. Mm-hmm. And so the things that they wanted, right, in God's time, it's like, yeah, yeah, we'll get there, right? Yeah. Defeating man's kingdoms, that, that's easy. Yeah. Setting up the kingdom of heaven and ushering people into yes. this, that's going to take some time. So yeah. 
it's a, I mean, I love when you, when you have embracing limitations, to me, it's mm-hmm. that perspective too of what's the bigger picture that's going on at work here? And are you mm-hmm. stopping to see it? Yeah. Or are you so, as you said, distractions, are you so focused on the smaller things that are going throughout yeah. the day that in a sense you miss all right. the God things that are happening, the God conversations, <sighs> yeah. the divine appointments, the guy sitting over in the corner, right? The time with your son or daughter, the time with your wife, all mm-hmm. those little things you just kind of miss. And all of a sudden you wake up and your kids are gone. Your marriage is in shambles. Yeah. Right, but here's here's what you, yeah. here's what probably happened. Right, you were really successful at work because yeah. you paid attention to that. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's like all the other things that were actually really yeah. important you missed, and the thing that really wasn't that big of a deal you focused your time mm-hmm. on. And that's a mm-hmm. that's a good reminder. That that's where I wanted to go into. Your, like you're saying yes to something. Yeah. The number three is yeah. uh, there's a great book out called Your Life Well Spent. Yeah. Um, and the subtitle of it, listen to this. It says the eternal rewards of investing yourself and your money in your family. Mm. Because his thing, Russ Cross, and his thing is, Corey, if I came up to you and said, hey, listen, I want to give you a raise, an extra $100,000 a year next year, right? Would you take it? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the answer that he says is, well, what are you going to do with the extra 100000 Right. Because if it doesn't improve, right, your two top priorities, which your number one priority I know is going to be your relationship with the Lord. Yes. Your number two priority is going to be your relationship with your family. Mm-hmm. So what's $100,000? Is that going to get you closer to God? No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, is yeah, God calling you, you to do you something with a hundred thousand dollars? As soon as I hear that an extra hundred k, I'm like, how much more am I going to have to do? And that's the thing that he says <laughs> is right. If that hundred k comes with, well, I need eighty more hours of your sure. work week. If that hundred k comes with, well, I need you to travel all the time, and be mm-hmm. away from your family. If that hundred k comes with all these other things, he's like, you have to say no, mm-hmm. right, to the addition. Because you're saying yes to the things that you said before is I've already said yes to my commitment with the Lord, yeah. my commitment with my family. Yeah. So if you're saying, right, I've said yes to those things, then it's easier to say no to things that get in the way of me mm-hmm. prioritizing that. And yeah. that's what that book is all about. Yeah. That's a great, great resource. I've seen the title. I haven't read it. I'll yeah. put it on the list. I'll drop it put, on the Amazon box Put it on today. the list. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Well, number um, you've done number one, embracing limitations. You kind of hit on number two, which yeah. is listening, right? Yes. Listening and obeying. Those mm-hmm. two go hand in hand. Number three was saying yes to something means mm-hmm. you got to say no to something else. What's number four? Yeah, number four is 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 really taking on a Jesus paradigm of life, not just mm-hmm. ministry, but modeling his like life. Yeah, I think that when we look at like I I'll speak for myself first. Like I've I've been in ministry since I was nineteen, so I'm forty five. I'm gonna be forty six in in a few weeks. And when I when I think about a lot of when I think about Jesus' life that, that's that I'm supposed to be imitating that Paul says in Ephesians five I'm supposed to imitate Paul's calling them imitate me as I imitate Jesus yep. so Jesus is the model like he's the he's the he's the the human that we're supposed to model our life after as the God man so uh, I I get caught up as a minister and pastor thinking about his position as as Messiah, as minister, as teacher, as healer, as all these things that Jesus did. And I just neglect to think about his life as modeling how to to live, like where thriving is most. I mentioned being spread thin like butter over toast a minute ago. Um, I, I don't ever read, you mentioned this a minute ago, you made me think of this, like you just don't read the gospels and see a hurried mm. king. Yeah. Ever. No. Full days. <laughs> Full days, like yeah. I mean, you can always read these full days, like like I mentioned a minute ago. If you go back and read through Mark one, you're like, Jesus, bro, you are 
we're cooking, right? Yeah. But in the end, again, like I go back to his, the way he was framing those things out. I mentioned those passages again. You guys should read these, Mark 1 and Mark 6, and then everything in between. But in that, in Mark 1, Jesus finishes his day and he, he's, 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 or he, excuse me, after the next day after a day full of ministry, he's retreating to start yep. the day. Yeah. Right. So he's, there's this paradigmatic like style that Jesus gives us like, Hey, here, here's a model for you to follow. And I think with that, one of the things that I talked to specifically around young adults that like serve in my ministry, young adults here at Citizens Church, there's a lot of them, which is funny in Northwest Plano and the, in the burbs. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always, I'm like, Hey, listen, like your pursuit of Jesus um, and seeking to, to model your life after his also needs to be understanding of your season of life and what you're, where you, where you are. Sure. Cause I've, I've got some young guys that are uh, single young adult third 20 something dudes mm-hmm. that are living in their own place. Right. So their, their pursuit of the Jesus life and modeling their life after his can, can take on different things. And or if I was talking to my students, like if I have some of my, some of my high school boys right now, they're on the field at 6am, which means they're good to get at, like, get up, eat and get on the field, pads on, helmet on yeah. by six. So they're up by five and, and, and doing good to get on the field by six. Right. right. So there's great possibility that for them to take on this specific model that Jesus gives, because Jesus doesn't say it's not prescriptive, do this. He's just living that yeah. way. Yeah. Regardless of what it is, it's a pursuit of time with the Father. Yeah. Right. And so, and then even in Mark 6, after the day, because like there's so often within evangelical Christianity, it's like, hey, there's this thing you do in the morning called a quiet time. There we could go into the cliches of like, it's not quiet if you're talking to God, um, but and the Spirit's speaking and the scriptures are there. There's, there's all these conversations happening, right? But like the disciples had come back and they wanted to tell Jesus about all that they had done. Mm-hmm. He sent them out to teach and proclaim repentance in the kingdom of God. And they come back and they're excited to do this. And what we automatically look at the net, that passage at the end of Mark 6 and verses 30 and 31, it's the beginning of the feeding of the 5,000. Yep. So he's getting ready to feed. He's getting ready to feed 5,000. They come back. He says, you should retreat and you should rest for a while. Come to a desolate place, eat and rest. That's actually the model that sends out into the movement and ministry and life and being is actually from those quiet places. I think like the extroverts hear that and they're just like, man, but I get all my energy and my zeal and my life from being with people. Yes, God has wired you that way. That's really great. But the older I've gotten Mm -hmm. as an extrovert, the, the more introverted I've become. Yeah. Right. The more that I see at the end of the day, gosh, what I really need right now is to slow down. Yeah. Right. And sadly, if I'm honest with you, that reminder usually is about five to seven minutes after I lay down and the spirit whispers to me, did you forget someone today? Right. So like, and I'm like, oh, yes, I did. Lord, thank you for being kind. Right. Which is how he always is going to be. It's never be con- condescending or judgmental. It's always going to be like, yep. come back to me. Yep. I'm here. Um, I'm here. Come back to me. I want to yeah. be with you, yeah. um, which is remarkable and astounding you know, to start and finish the day. So that, that model of Jesus, the other one that I'm really on with my kids right now is, is two things. One is, um, uh, be interruptible. I don't know if that's a word. You're you're an educator. So you you tell me. Sounds good. Uh, So it's a word we're calling it dibs. Um, be interruptible. Yeah. Like, you know, live with such, so much grace in your heart that you're interruptible. I think about, um, I think about when the woman touched Jesus cloak, Mm. Um, and he was on his who way. Yeah. Who touched me? <laughs> right. It. And he stops amidst a crowd. Yes. Right. He was interruptible. Yeah. Right. So one of Jesus's postures. And you know, what's crazy is 
where was he going? Right. He was going to heal somebody's daughter. Yeah, who was dead. Yes. Yeah, so like he's on his way, like he knows. I mean, it's it's like, you know, at any point to not be interruptible, right, is when you're going, right, you know, Mm -hmm. to heal Jairus' daughter, right? I mean, you're you're on your way to heal. Can you imagine if you're Jairus and you're like, dude, yeah. Why are we Do stopping? You like, but you know what? Again, we keep going back to it. But we're kind in, of in a hurry here. In, in Mark 1, when they found Jesus who had retreated to a solitary, desolate place, is the way that ESV says it, a desolate place, meaning there's nothing around, yeah. right? No distraction. You know, praise God for those days, yeah. right? In those times. I have found now, as I'm embracing more desolate places, it's interesting. It's annoying later on, but it's it's a good thought in my heart. It's how much I'm actually starting to forget my phone. Like is leaving the house being like, I don't. I don't know where my phone what, is. What would you do? I know. How, how could you, you survive? Oh <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Anybody under thirty-five, it is, yeah. it's doable. I promise. Yeah, but, but crazy nonetheless, talk. But nonetheless, um, you know, you, you take a look at how Jesus modeled that. Like when they found him, yeah. their statement was, "The crowds are looking for you." Yeah. And he said, "Okay." Yeah. And so, and he gets up and he moves forward because it's not like he wasn't aware, but he but he moves forward, and I, I think we kind of go in reverse yeah. of those. Like there, there's all these things that are pressing on me and maybe it's not a lot of people, maybe it's tasks, maybe it's whatever, whatever it is for you and your schedule. Um, but I just, I consider that. And in his model, I'm not saying that there are not times that we need to be expedient and we need to move forward and we need to work hard and we need to get a lot right, done. Right. Um, I, I believe God honors hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I, what I don't ever see is our King living with a hurried yeah. pace. You know, it's interesting. I just heard somebody, um, teach about the whole temptation of Jesus mm-hmm. and how he was in the wilderness for 40 days before, right? Fasting. Mm-hmm. And their perspective of it is like, I've always heard it, right? That Jesus was at his weakest point when he was fasting and the temptation mm-hmm. comes and he withstands the temptation. And their perspective was maybe he wasn't at his weakest point. Maybe the fasting, the prayer and the fasting and the separation and the slowness mm-hmm. prepared him for the temptation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. well, I hadn't thought about Absolutely. that. Right? Like, Absolutely. Right? I, I hadn't thought about that. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when, when you think about, you know, fasting, when you think mm-hmm. about, um, you, know, s- you know, solitude, when you think about slowing down, we think about those as negatives as opposed to positives for whatever's coming Mm-hmm. Right after this, like, yeah. are you are you really prepared for it? You know, I mean, a lot yeah. of the people used to talk about how you know, hey, I need to have a couple hours in prayer because yep. I got a big day today, and you're yeah. like, I don't have time for prayer, and it's yeah. like, oh, really? Yeah. You don't have time to let the God of the universe, the one who's orchestrating mm. all things, the one who can take whatever issue you're going to go into, right, and make it go away. Sure. I, I think about you know when I read through Scripture in the Old Testament, how many times the nation of Israel was like called out to battle, and mm. the battle was already done. Yeah. Right, they're out there like picking That's up good. dead people. <laughs> it's like yeah. Yeah. what what happens? Like, yeah. oh, well, the angel of the Lord came through last night and killed everybody. And you're like, oh. Yeah. So whatever your preparation is for, yeah. right? Imagine if you pause and you say, Hey, God, here's the deal. I got to give you time because I need you to have time to go to work. Mm-hmm. Now, Dan, he doesn't need Dan mm-hmm. to go to work. I need God to go to work. Yeah. Now, if God wants you to, to use me as the instrument of his work, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. But can you imagine if you stopped in your day and you said, hey, listen, whatever I have scheduled yeah, for today, man. God, what do you want to accomplish? Yes. Because he doesn't need me to accomplish it. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a submission to, um, to God's um, paradigm given to us in Jesus that, is, that there is a better way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's an acknowledgement. Um, gosh, I'm totally blanking on it. Justin Whitmill Early's book on um, the disciplines um, 
goodness gracious, I'll, I'll remember it in a moment. Uh, but it's a fabulous book, uh, just about developing and creating a trellis for your life to mm. live upon to that God works freely in that, those, those, those disciplines. Um, but when you think and look at the parable of, excuse me, Jesus's paradigm of life and the way that he's living and what he's presenting to us is the, is the beautiful remedy, um, for, uh, the, the tox and the poison of the tyranny of the urgent and our, right. our culture proclaims is this is where life is found. Yeah. And so Jesus is showing us a better way. And, and Jesus, like, obviously, like there were moments where going to embracing limitations, there were people that were, that were not healed. There were people that their, their, their things were not addressed, yeah. you know? So there, there were things there that Jesus modeled for us. And, and basically one of the things I'm talking to Liam about right now, cause I, and I think we'll mention it in the second, the second one of these. Um, but is you know it in this like the posture of your heart will will be a good indicator of who you trust in. Amen. And so if you have a you if you have a hurried, yep. frantic yep. heart, trusting and in mind, myself. I am trusting in myself, yep. and I am about me, and I am about my own glorification. I am about managing chaos that I feel better about life and me and my surroundings, yeah. um, and I'm less trusting of who God is. That's what prayer does, right? In prayer and in submission and in stillness and embracing limitations and in saying no and the right yeses in modeling this lifestyle that Jesus has, like it's in those moments where it's like, I think that's why culturally we don't like moving towards stillness because it's in stillness that everything gets clear and it freaks us out freaks me out at times when stuff is off. I feel the, the pull, like there's times where the things I'm saying right now feel very far from me. Yeah. Right. So like, like to put things down and to have those rhythms, there's times where it's much like I told students last night, I talked to my wife about this morning. Um, just like I, I, what I want is the things that I need and things I want to melt and to be one. Um, and to, to see those things come together with these things and the modeling of these things together, which, which kind of takes us to that last one, that number five, yeah. um, which is like the beauty of discipline. Um, I, I, my son is the one who's teaching me a lot about this right now. Okay. Um, he, I've, I've watched him. Uh, <laughs> I love my son very much. He's, he's like his dad. He, he's a tryhard, and we're not the most athletic group of humans. Okay. Um, but, but we're not afraid to work hard. That's right. And, you know, I've told them what a, we, what we, we lack have, in talent. We make up for an enthusiasm. That's right. We make up some, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. right. You know, but one of the things I told him, I said, Hey, listen, one of the things that I will guarantee you is that like, is that over time, like you're, you'll see what happens with discipline. I promise. True, true, true. Like I promise there's a beauty to discipline, um, that is very, um, it has to be very patient and it's very, it's very time consuming and very long. But what happened is, is we saw it when he started with a new select team this year. Um, and the things that he's doing on his own individually, like as a, as a 12, almost 13 year old boy, he's up four mornings a week, um, either running or doing ball drills by himself. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I set that as an expectation for him. Like, Hey, listen, if this is something you're going to continue to pursue, this is, this is where you are deficient. Like in your, I hate using, I don't want to use the word behind, right. but like as a, in soccer, it's a, it's a year-based thing, not a, not a grade. Mm-hmm. And so he plays with 2010s. He was born in the second week of December in 2010. That means that he is the youngest boy on his team right. by a large margin. That right. means as a seventh grader, he plays with eighth graders. Right. 
And so you can see it physically. So that means he's going to have to put this in. I have watched it and I have watched him change as a player. And the conversation that we're having right now is the disciplines. This is why I love sports, right? The disciplines that he has in sports from listening to a coach Mm -hmm. and submitting to what he says is best. His coach coached in England and coached for Liverpool and coached for Chelsea and all these things. And, you know, I'm like, hey, man, you need to listen to him and do what he says. Right. And like, and then like the discipline of moving towards things and like of your own, there's a beauty to discipline that's actually there to be enjoyed. You know, when we mentioned this fruit of the spirit in Galatians five of like, of Mm self-control, right. That's actually meant for our flourishing and our good, not just as a rigidity, right? not just as like a a cracking of the whip and like, I'll do this and I'll do it because I have to. Um, I think it's actually meant for our, for our good and our joy right. as well. Cause it goes back to your number three, the, the things that you say yes to, you have to say no to mm-hmm. self-control is, is the understanding of, right. I want to say no to things that are actually going to limit me and hold me back mm-hmm. because I want to say yes to the things that are going to flourish me. Well, what are those things? Mm-hmm. Right. And the word of God helps and explains that for us. So we know. You know, what, what do we say no to the things that are going to hurt us? Mm-hmm. God's very, I mean, sure. I think about, you know, when we talk to young men in terms of like sexuality and purity, right? You know, purity is always placed in this like negative and it's like, it's, right. it is not a negative. Right. It is a positive. Right. You just have bought into the world's economy, right? That mm-hmm. pornography and short term, mm-hmm. like lust is something to be pursued and, mm-hmm. and it's a positive, right? Sin has pleasure for a moment, but the, the cost of it is going to be so great Purity gives you the ability to have true intimacy and love mm-hmm. and, and to be able to have a that's relationship good. that's lasting and meaningful. Right. And so you've got to say no to some things, but to say yes to something that'll eventually, those disciplines, when mm-hmm. you say yes to the ball drills, guess what's going to happen? Over time, right. right? You're going to become a better ball handler. You're going to go out there, right? You're going to score goals. You're going to have more fun, mm-hmm. right? If you don't do those things, what happens? You get frustrated. Right. Right. And, and then you don't get playing time. Right. Because you're not a value to the team. Right. And you end up right. And so all those things are just great conversations to have, but they apply to every aspect of our life. Those disciplines, the things that we say no to, the things that we say yes to. I always say, you know, what you feed will grow. Yes. So, Absolutely. So what, what is it in your life that you're giving time and attention yeah. right, and feeding because that aspect of your life is going to grow, it's going to mm. mature, it's going to dominate. Mm. So it better be something that, you know, 10 years from now, you want to look back and say, man, I'm so glad I fed that in my life. Yes. My, so, da- my so daughter important. just started playing the piano. I started piano lessons. She's eight. And so the piano lessons are incredibly remedial. Mm-hmm. And, um, but Chopsticks. The, yes, da, lots da, da, of da, very – I can tell you the names <laughs> of these silly songs in her first book and uh, that she's playing all the time. Uh, but I, I, I've encouraged her. I, I've told her, I said, hey, you know, um, as you practice and move forward in this, what will happen – the metaphor is perfect – and, and most of them fall apart. This one's going to be perfect. I said, as you find yourself practicing these things, you will eventually make something very beautiful. Yeah. And it, it like, and it's, it's already like in two degree happening, you know, the, the one finger, you know, kind yep. of pounding on the keys yep. kind of thing is moved into like using multiple hands. And like every once in a while I'll listen to her practice and I'm yeah. like, Ooh. Oh, yeah. And I look at my wife, she goes, that was beautiful. Yeah. You know, and so I, with both of them, there's this thing as you move towards this, there's a beauty of discipline to enjoy self-control. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit to like to sit down into the things that God has ordained as for our flourishing, as for our good. Mm. You you mentioned fasting earlier, right? That is a, like that, that is a discipline. Like there's not much, I'm like, I'm not going to eat today. 
right? So that I could hear from God around these things for I can can garner the strength that he wants to supply for this or so that I can grow in my wisdom and understanding of this situation or from the Lord or a need that I have that I want to present to him. Um, That is just the picture of it. And what's wild, what's wild is stepping into any of these disciplines is how clear things will get. Amen. Like it's, I, I don't know why I'm still surprised by it. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why. I every don't time know you do why. it, you're like, oh. every time I'm like, "Oh my goodness, you're there! You're there in that. Look at that! Look at that!" It's like it's like it was meant to be, yeah. right? And it sounds so silly and cliche, but like embracing them in action, be like, "This is meant for me to enjoy this." It is like God's good gift to me is to step into these disciplines uh, and to enjoy self control, to like exist in these things that the Spirit of God is meant for me to to walk in. Mm. Are good, so good. Well, those are the first five. Yeah, I'm glad we broke it into two episodes. Me too. <laughs> me too. I'm chatty. Sorry. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back uh, next week with the uh, five through ten. So, Corey, thanks for your time. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.